What's up, everybody? Jason McCourty here with my co-host Devin McCourty on the box to the left or right, however you're looking at it. Welcome to Double Coverage with the McCourty Twins. You guys know it each and every week. You can find us right here on Nesson. If you miss us there, you can find us on YouTube or iTunes. All you have to do is search Double Coverage with the McCourty Twins. And as always, keep up with us on social media, whether it's Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, at McCourty Twins. And check out our cool website, McCourtyTwins.com, for some cool t-shirts and also staying up to date with everything we're doing off the field. And before we start, I want to warn you guys, it is Christmas break. I'm in the basement. My kids are home. You'll hear little feet running across the floor, a little girl, little boys screaming. So uh, I apologize for that in advance. Dev, how you doing, man? Uh, as the sky is falling, I think it is important that we open the show on a positive note. J-Mac, Christmas uh, this year, Christmas fell on a Friday, got to have an off day. How was Christmas in your house? Let's bring some light, some happiness. How was Christmas? Uh, it was a lot of fun. The kids actually did us a favor. They didn't wake up to about 830. The oldest was up early, but she had to Ooh. wait for the two youngest to wake up. So that was big. Uh, they walked downstairs. They had a good amount of gifts under the tree. They were fired up, uh, got to open gifts, play with stuff. Uh, for the uh, parents, it's a little bit different. You're putting stuff together in the whole nine. Uh, but Santa came through big for the kids this year. Yeah, but it was good for us because Nana was in the building. Uh, the kids were, they were hyped. Uh, my daughter woke up uh, seven something. And I had to, like you said, I had to make sure I got downstairs before her. Uh, because we, she got a little frozen, like motorized bike, and he got a Spider-Man one, but they were charging all night, so I had to wake up and take them off the charger and make them like a good gift that Santa uh, dropped off. So, uh, great Christmas. Mom was in town, but J Mac, please let the people know if they didn't see your Instagram story, you had an awesome Elf on the Shelf moment with the kids. Please explain how that transpired and how it went down. Yeah, our two elves that visit us this holiday season, Fudge and Flakes, uh, they're pranksters. So before they took off out of here uh, for the holiday time and to go hang out with Santa for the next 300 however many days, uh, they decided to pull a fast one on the kids. They grabbed the kids' iPads. Uh, they did a screensaver of a cracked iPad screen. They set up with a hammer right next to the iPads. And they were just hanging out there. Kids come downstairs, fired up, got to see where the elf is on the last day. They go down there, the elf is, stand, is sitting there. Both elves took both of them to bang that thing into the iPads. Instantly, my middle, Caden, uh, says he's mad, starts crying, takes off upstairs. The oldest starts crying as well. The three-year-old is so confused. She doesn't know what's going on. We finally broke it down to him that it was just a prank and the elves were just trying to pull a fast one on them. Uh, but safe to say, uh, I don't know if they'll be looking forward to the elves coming to visit next year. Shout out Fudge and Flakes. Terrible names, but great elves, I, I must say. Um, getting into the game, uh, getting into the... The downside of the show uh, this week, um, uh, just a bad showing uh, out there Monday night. Not a, not a great representation of the organization um, of the team for this year. Just a, a bad game for us. Buffalo team that's playing obviously good football uh, really just rolled on us and, and couldn't really get anything going. Uh, now kind of three weeks in a row, just frustrating year uh, as it comes to an end and, and try to end on a good note. But uh very disappointed and frustrated frustration um, with everything that's transpired, especially Monday night.
Yeah, for sure. I talked about it after the game. As a defense, we didn't do anything well uh, in the game at all, and that's why the result was what it was. And it was about the same uh, on offense for us as well. So, like you said, I think for me, as an older guy who's been a part of some pretty bad seasons, uh, it's just frustrating, you know, coming uh, to New England, being a part of a Super Bowl season in 18 and getting to the playoffs last year in 19 for the first two times in my career, postseason play. And now this year uh, being a, a, a bit of a down year. Uh, it's just been, like you said, extremely frustrating as an older guy. You're trying to continue uh, to push the young guys and try to improve each and every day. And that's all we can do. We got one more opportunity to go out with this group of men uh, to go out there and, and play football and do something we love. So we got to have a good week of practice and try to just end this thing on a good note. Um, like you said, what happened Monday night is not the way you want to end the season, no matter what your record is. Uh, you want to be able to walk away from it uh, with a little pride about yourselves and finish a lot stronger than we did Monday night. So that'll be the goal this upcoming week as we take on uh, the Jets coming to town. Yeah, and speaking of, you know, downside and not great moments, the Washington football team decides to cut Dwayne Haskins. Uh, I believe he was the number 15th or 19th pick last year uh, in the draft, their number one draft pick. Uh, only two years in, they have decided to cut him in. Um, I thought it was interesting in a statement uh, from the team. They said they felt like this was best for both parties to go their separate ways. Um, What's your take on this? You know, you cut a quarterback second year. Uh, obviously, a lot has transpired. You know, he, he hasn't played particularly well. Uh, other guys have played over him. And then the strip club incident. Uh, what's your take on this? Yeah, and then also a new coach, a new GM takeover. So it's a new regime, True. different from the one uh, that drafted him. And I think it's a good lesson to younger athletes as you go and you see guys and they're playing or doing stuff at a high level is that you have to always be on point uh, on the field and off the field. And uh, at the end of the day, the way our league is made up, if you're talented enough, you can screw up a bunch of times and you'll get more opportunities. If you're not producing or performing, uh, the, the rope is a little bit slimmer. But uh, what I did like was uh, seeing what Dwayne Haskins said, that he's going to take this as a learning opportunity. He's going to grow as a player and grow as a man. And I think at the end of the day, no matter how things work out, that's all we can do as people. You you make mistakes, things don't work out. He hasn't, like you said, played particularly well. He's made some bad decisions, possibly off the field. But it's a growing, it's a growing moment. He's a young player, only in his second year. Uh, obviously a first-round draft pick, so he has immense talent. So now for him, is where, where do you go from here? What do you do uh, whatever, with whatever the next opportunity is? So uh, good luck to him, and hopefully he bounces back on a, on a different team somewhere. Yeah, definitely. And other football news, COVID strikes again. Uh, Cleveland and Detroit go through a very serious COVID uh, situation. Cleveland loses their top four uh, receiving threats. Um, they also lose, I, I believe, two defensive starters. Um, they lose to the Jets and, and uh, really had an opportunity to maybe still win the division uh, with a win. But, you know, they lose that. And then Detroit because of contact tracing, loses their interim head coach slash offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, defensive line coach, linebacker coach, and safety coach. They had people all over calling the game. So uh, another lesson in 2020, let's 2020. be safe from COVID. When COVID strikes, it doesn't go well for you. And those teams showed that this weekend. Let's keep it rolling right here. We're going to jump right into our group chat segment of the show. Uh, this is a segment where we just talk about whatever is going on in group chat, sports, anything uh, that's going on in life, being dads and all the cool stuff. Um, I thought it was funny, J-Mac. Um, the Jags are all in on Trevor Lawrence. 
Um, no matter what anyone says, and you saw that Sunday, uh, Chicago scores a touchdown and the Jaguars fans go crazy at the game, cheering them on. Um, I, I think it's a very interesting take. I've seen a lot of articles this week um, as they break down teams with the number one or like call it one through five picks that are quarterbacks that lead the franchise. And when you look, almost all of the playoff teams have quarterbacks that were not drafted to that team in the top five. And it's kind of showing like there's a balance of having a good pick and getting a great player. Like, yes, that's awesome. But also that culture of winning, of trying to win and not, you know, falling into, you know, the trap of like, let's lose to get better. You know, and I'm very interested. I know you were in Cleveland, so you have a take on it, too. But um, watching that, I think it's very disappointing, especially as players, to see guys have to play a game where the fans want them to lose and then expect that next year is going to mean automatic winning. Uh, it's just tough to expect. Yeah, it's a process. And I think. Uh, for me, being in Cleveland, obviously, you knew Cleveland's plan was to lose and to lose to get to where they are this year. And uh, I think when you look at them, you saw how many GMs it took, how many head coaches, how many different. I remember uh, seeing Joe Thomas attempting to name all of the different quarterbacks that he played with throughout the course of his career. Uh, so it's definitely, I would call it an adventure. Uh, but uh, you feel for the Jaguars players to be out there and your own fans are cheering for the other team to win so you can secure the first pick. But like I said, after our game, you are what you put on film. And when you're losing, as a fan's perspective, they're like, hey, what's the difference of us winning this game or losing this game? The difference is we get Trevor Lawrence, so let's go out there and let's lose this game. Uh, but, Dev, I got a question for you. Watching the Titans and the Packers game on Sunday Night Football, what is your favorite football memory when it comes to the elements in snow? It doesn't have to be like a pro or college game. It could be young, Pop Warner days. What's your favorite football memory when it comes to snow? It's not even Pop Warner. It was growing up, call it like seven, eight, nine, uh, and going outside on a snow day where the snow like was so high that you couldn't really run fast. And all all the kids in the neighborhood, snow pants on, big uh, bubble coats on, gloves. And we would just play Kill a Carrier, play different games like that. To me, those were the best memories of uh, being in the snow. Uh, came from not being high school level, college or professional. It was like those pure moments of just playing with your friends uh, in a, just a patch of grass covered in snow. Yeah, and since you hit favorite, I'll hit my nightmare in the snow. It was my rookie <laughs> year playing against the New England Patriots. Uh, losing a lot to a little, we won't say the specific 59 score, 59 zip. but for some reason they had figured out how to run extremely fast in the snow, cut in the snow, all things that being a team that practiced in Nashville all year, we had not figured out. And that was not a fun experience, something that I do not want to relive. So uh, you hit the favorite, I'll hit the worst uh, football moment in the snow uh, of my life, career or whatever you want to call it. And speaking of Nashville, uh, former Titan and friend of the show, let's give a big shout out to our guy, Logan Ryan, signs a three-year extension with the Giants. Uh, we don't always talk about extensions and all that cool things, but when you're a friend of the show, you get a shout out. So shout out former Titan and former Patriot, Logan Ryan finds a new home uh, to stay in Jersey, Jersey boy. Uh, showing out and then I thought it was cool I don't know if you caught this um, but Steph Curry at practice shoots 105 threes I think it was like five minutes or something hits 105 threes in a row and head coach Steve Kerr when asked about it he choked he could have hit 
106. Hey, that's what the standard is. The standard of excellence. Come on. Uh, Steph Curry for his career has continued to define that. I could not imagine what my arm would feel like just <laughs> shooting 106 three-pointers. But credit to him. I mean, that's what you expect. When you watch the guy run full speed around the court in circles, catch the ball, throw it up extremely quick, and just psh, the ball just continues to go in the net. It's muscle memory, a ton of practice, many, many, many hours uh, spent in the gym. You went from contracts to 105 threes. You're speaking numbers. So here's an NFL first. Russell Okung, tackle for the Panthers. He decided for the first time in NFL history to get half of his $13 million salary paid in Bitcoin. I'm not a big finance guy. I don't know what it, this means for him, why he did it, all of the X's and O's. You guys may have a better idea of why, but this guy's getting paid in Bitcoin. He said it earlier and he got it done. Yeah, Russ said, pay me in Bitcoin and he went and did it. And like you said, um, I don't know the difference of him getting it and, and doing it himself, but uh, let's see if this is a new wave. Guys are really getting into financial literacy. Uh, we have a lot of smart guys in this league, and, and Russell Okung is one of them. So uh, I'll be interested to see how this works out in the future going forward and how it affects the cap and all those different things. And um, before we go on break, the last big topic I want to get into is J.J. Watt goes out there, press conference at the end of the game, and really airs frustration. Talks about it's tough on for the fans and the different people that support them to watch when a team doesn't have guys that come on time, don't want to put the work in. Um, I wasn't a huge fan of this, but I, I saw his frustration and, and saw it, it, he was just hurting. And he's just super frustrated. You know, what do you think of that, J-Mac? Yeah, it's tough, you know, um, as a leader, obviously, I'm, I'm hoping that he's called guys out uh, privately or not privately, but within a team atmosphere uh, before going that route. You know, uh, you hate to see things played out uh, in the media. But like you just said, a guy that has achieved a ton of things in his career, they've been a winning team uh, throughout his career for the most part. And a guy that wants to get back to winning. Uh, I think that's the frustration that you see when you're losing week after week and you're putting in the work, man, it's tough. And I know we always talk about for the fans being able, he, he said it, they're putting their hard work to go in and, and see those games. They hate to see it as well. So just frustration all around. But Dev, let's get into a little bit of the playoff scenario. A lot going on as week 17 comes to a close in the season. A lot of teams in have clinched, but a ton of teams are still in the hunt and have to win in these week 17 matchups. Yeah, we'll just do a quick recap. We don't want to take up too much of your time. Uh, if Washington wins, they win the division they are in. Love what the NFL did with the whole week 17 because the Giants and Cowboys will play earlier in the day, but they will not know if they're in no matter who wins because they have to wait for Washington to play at sun Sunday night, uh, which is pretty cool. You have Chicago, uh, who's in right now, but Arizona's looking in and they play the Rams. The Rams win, they're in. Uh, Chicago wins, they're in. So I think that wraps up the NFC East, uh, I mean the NFC, and the AFC is where there's a lot going on. You have Tennessee, Miami, Baltimore, Cleveland, and Indy, all 10 and 5. The team's already in, Tennessee, Miami, Baltimore, Cleveland. If they all win, they're in. But little old Colts who have had a great year are now looking for some help to get in. It'll be interesting to see how this works out. Miami plays Buffalo. Does Buffalo play their starters the whole game? We don't know. Does Buffalo mind being a two-seed or the three-seed? 
we don't know. So uh, some key things going on, and you know, I, I think a lot of fans will get uh, a great opportunity to watch a lot of games with playoff implications being played at the same time. So teams will not be able to know if they're in or out until after their game is really done. So a uh, very heated uh, Sunday to wrap up the season. Without a doubt. Uh, talking about wrapping up the season, if you watch that Sunday night game, to me, it's easy to say Aaron Rodgers is the NFL MVP this season. Would you agree? I mean, yes. Buddy has four, 40, like almost what, 44, 45 touchdowns and like four or five interceptions. Like unheard of. Uh, playing unbelievable football. The number one seed in the NFC. Um, it, they look like they are primed and ready to go for the playoffs. So uh, MVP is always interesting, you know, between uh, all of these quarterbacks who really get all of the credit for all of this. But um, some quarterbacks have had a great year, you know, obviously Rodgers, um, Mahomes, Josh Allen, Russell Wilson, all those guys had a great year. So we'll see how that all works out. Without a doubt. And Running backs never get it, but Derrick Henry these last two seasons has been very, very impressive. Uh, the Packers did a good job slowing him down Sunday night, uh, but just love seeing him in those talks. Uh, a guy that's producing at an extremely high level uh, for his team and helping them to really be this playoff and this contender team that they've been the last two seasons. Yeah, and, and you know, I think it's great for them, but more importantly, let's get right into the Dan O'Brien Keeping it awesome, moment of the week. Uh, we have two really, I think, great moments that happen. Uh, first, I'll start off with off the field and off the court. Uh, Kevin Love, when the pandemic hit and the NBA shut down, uh, vowed to pledge $100,000 to the workers in the stadium. Um, but then he went the extra mile, and all of the people um, who switch out the, swap out the floor in the arena, um, he has decided to pay all of their lost wages for the games missed last year. Um, I didn't see it, didn't say how much that totaled, um, but what an unbelievable gesture by Kevin Love to decide to do that uh, for all of those people that work in the arena that missed out. Um, really good moment, and, and shout out Kevin Love for that. Yeah, and my former teammate, Ryan Fitzpatrick, always keeping it awesome, whether it's his clothes, his performance on the play. Fitzy says during the game he needed a bathroom break. He comes back. Flores tells him he is in the game. Fitz gives that offense a spark. They're able to put some points on the game, uh, get things rolling. And then the last drive where everybody at home watching, including ourselves, are like, the Raiders won it. They have helped their playoff chances. They score with a field goal late in the game. Only 23 20 seconds. Only seconds left. 23. And then Fitz Magic shows up. In the midst of getting his helmet ripped off, he's able to put a dime on the sideline that Mac Hollins catches. Tag on the 15-yard face mask to the end of the play. And the Dolphins win on a game-winning field goal. Fitz Magic strikes again, was teammates with that guy in Tennessee. Awesome, awesome person and a great competitor. So congratulations to Fitzy and to Kevin Love on the keeping it awesome moment of the week. DMAC, you got a more than an athlete for this week? Yeah, more than an athlete really goes out to the healthcare workers. Obviously, probably former athletes back in their day, but uh, it was cool just being in Gillette Stadium and uh, all the guys on the team rocking T-shirts that had healthcare workers' faces on it. Uh, it's pretty cool to see Adrian Phillips wearing a T-shirt with his wife's face on it, uh, who was a doctor down in Texas. Um, but it was just awesome. They they had the whole Zoom set up where we got to wave to him before the game. Um, so. 
all of their hard work. You know, we just want to continue to give them huge shout outs from the beginning of this pandemic till now, continuous tireless effort, working, 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 being right in the middle in the thick of everything. Uh, huge shout out to all the healthcare workers, everyone that's in the hospital, uh, whether you're cleaning, you're a nurse, doctor, um, anything, receptionist, uh, big shout out to you guys. Thank you for all that you do. Yes, they're doing a lot on the front lines uh, to keep our sanity uh, during this pandemic and during the 2020 year. Uh, appreciate you guys for tuning in each and every week, catching us right here on Nesson. And you guys know if you miss it there, you can go on YouTube or iTunes. Make sure you search Double Coverage with the McCourty Twins and hit that subscribe, subscribe. button. Also check us out on social media at McCourty Twins Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all of those fun stuff, and catch our website, McCordyTwins.com. You can donate to causes that we're involved with. You can buy T-shirts. Uh, you can just see what we're up to outside of the football field. Dev, you got anything to tell anybody? Yeah, man, this is a cool moment because I'm about to scream something, and the person I'm talking to is going to hear me. So, Mama, we made it! She just looked at me and crazy. And on too. that note, we'll wrap up another episode of Double Coverage with the McCordy Twins. See you guys later.